I'm sick and tired of the medical gaslighting with women. Somehow we have either normalized complete suffering or have made women feel like the symptoms they're experiencing is all in their head. And this is certainly the case in hormone health and menopause. Is this really just a phase of life that you have to suffer through for eight to 10 years? Eight to 10 years, menopause can last. The answer is no. If you are concerned with hormone balance and want answers, today's episode is just for you. Join me as I interview hormone specialist, Esther Blum. We discuss the literal hot topic of menopause and her new book, See You Later, Ovulator. You need to hear as we address the most controversial topics of hormone replacement therapy, birth control, bioidentical hormones, lab testing, perimenopause, getting to the root of the issue, why you can't out-hormone your lifestyle choices, supplementation, and oh, why menopause is not taught in medical school. You need to hear this. It's all today on the Healthy Harmony Podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Healthy Harmony Podcast, simple holistic wellness for women. I'm your host, Jennifer Pickett, dietitian turned functional medicine health coach. When it comes to your well-being, do you know what to do, but have a hard time actually doing it? Have you sacrificed your own health for the sake of taking care of everyone else? Are you tired and overwhelmed? But also, are you looking for answers, ready to take a small step? Holistic wellness doesn't have to be time-consuming or overly complicated. In this podcast, you will discover simple tips to help you take control of your overall wellness. I want to help you make a shift from knowing what to do to actually doing it. If you are ready to feel better, make healthier decisions, address the obstacles standing in your way, and live a life of freedom and harmony, my friend, you're in the right place. I love bringing you these hot topics and helping you become your own best health advocate. If these podcasts are helpful and encouraging to you, please share it with a friend. You are not the only one suffering. I promise you. And please, please, will you leave a five-star rating and review? This helps ensure that we grow the podcast and continue bringing you fantastic expert guests. Esther Blum is an integrative dietitian and menopause. In the past 27 years, she has helped thousands of women master menopause through nutrition, hormones, and self-advocacy. Esther is the best-selling author of See You Later, Ovulator, uh, Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, and a couple of other books. She is known as Gwyneth Paltrow's menopause mentor, and she has appeared on the Today Show, ABC, Good Day New York, and she is frequently quoted in Well and Good, Forbes, Time Magazine, The New York Post, Bazaar, Self, Fitness, and yes, even Cosmo. So excited to have Esther Blum on the podcast today. Hi, Esther. How are you today? Hi, Jen. I'm stoked to be here with you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad that we get to do this. We get to chat. And this is such a hot topic. And this is, I turned 49 literally. this year. Topic it's is literally a hot topic. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> literally and basically all the above. It's oh a hot topic. God. Yeah. So we're talking menopause. So first of all, like what brought you to this point? Like, give me a little bit of your story. And you've got this yeah. amazing book, See You Later, Ovulator, which is the best title ever. Like <laughs> what brought you to this point? So what brought me to this point, I've actually been treating, I've been in functional medicine almost three decades. And um, have always treated menopausal women, but the volume of menopausal women is increasing. We're getting, you know, 6,000 women in the, go through menopause every day. There's going to be 1.2 billion women in menopause by 2030. And I just hear every day, story after story of women who go to the doctor, they're having hot flashes, you know, and, and perimenopause really starts for many women in their mid forties, for some women earlier, for some women later. But they go to their doctor and they're like, wow, I'm not sleeping well. My periods are getting really heavy and hemorrhagic and I'm clotting and I'm just so irritable and I'm bloated and my boobs are killing me and I have no libido and I'm having some vaginal dryness and like hot flashes and the doctor and they're like, what, what can I do? I think it's my hormones. And the doctors are like, oh yeah, well, okay, here's what you can do. That sounds like perimenopause and you know, you can either go on the pill and people are like, what? And they say, oh, or you can go on the IUD or for the women with fibroids and endometriosis and cysts, they're like, or you can have a hysterectomy, you know, just take it out. It'll be so much easier. And There's your options. Those are your options or option four, just kind of sit home and wait it out. And so I just, the medical gaslighting, it's funny, I'm actually wearing my t-shirt the gaslighting shirt today. She's like, oh yes. my gosh, she's flashing me her boobs on my show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our audience can't see us, but I could, I love that. It says gaslight free zone, which yeah. is fantastic because that is yeah. so common where doctors are gaslighting their patients and we're yeah. just asking valid questions about yes. our health and we're concerned. Yes. Gaslighting was the number one most searched word in 2022. It was the That's word crazy. of the year. And so I'm really, I was really pissed off and sick of women being treated this way in medical practices. I too was, you know, I go to a functional medicine doctor, but my GYN is conventional and the loveliest, best human on the planet. But God, you know, constantly wants to put me on the pill. And I'm like, hell no. So, uh, so I was like, I have a platform. I have the knowledge. I have the fire in my belly to help women see what it can be done what treatment options are available, how to minimize suffering, what are the lifestyle, diet, supplement, and hormone and exercise options. All of those pieces of the pie give a woman really rock-solid meno care. I love that. I love that. So why do you think women are not getting the care they need? You said, you know, they go to the doctor, they're just kind of thrown these options. Why is this happening? Why is this such a widespread issue? Because it, menopause care is not even taught in medical schools. Oh, my word. Can you believe it? And so <clears throat> ask your mom, ask your grandma if she's still alive, what her menopause journey was like. And they're going to say, oh yeah, I had some hot flashes. Or they'll say, oh, what menopause? Or they say, oh, I just lived through it and I sweat for 10 years. And 
you know, had anxiety and depression, but you know, like women just stuck it out. And even in medical residencies, it's really not taught much. And you're just given the drug option because that's, you know, <laughs> we're it's all they know. It's all they yeah. know. It's all they know. And I just, you know, when I learned that even medical schools are funded by big pharma, it does kind of put, let's put all the pieces of the puzzle together here. That's all they're taught. So like you said, even if you have a amazing, amazing physician with a good heart, they only know what they've been taught unless they have completely broken out on their own. So, I mean, I think it's so important to kind of realize what we're faced with. So let's kind of like really get into some of the details here. So uh, you mentioned perimenopause being, you know, like mid to late 40s. What are the symptoms of perimenopause? Mm. So very similar to menopause, actually. Um, You can start to have irregular periods. You can start to have heavier periods because your progesterone is usually one of the first hormones to decline. And so your estrogen's running around unopposed. So if you've got heavy periods or, you know, are passing clots, that's a sign. Um, Really bad, like worsening PMS and PMS that lasts longer. Like if you had three days of it or you had three days before your period and now you're feeling like two weeks before, right? You're like, oh my God, there's just this massive shift between like the Mm -hmm. first half of the month and the second. Um, Also, you know, increase in irritability, uh, poor sleep, um, kind of gaining some weight, like a thickening of the midsection that you didn't have before, less endurance, um, anxiety, depression, all of those can be symptoms that start in perimenopause and continue uh, through the menopausal journey. Goodness, goodness. So how does a woman know when she is getting, since the symptoms can be so very similar, going from perimenopause to menopause, how can she tell, okay, this is it, now I'm in full-blown menopause? Yes. So she can either get her FSH or LH and AMH checked, um, which is follicle-stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, or, you know, AMH, I'm totally blanking right now, but it, it talks about your ovarian reserves. Uh, um, so you can get those tests done. Uh, you can also do a Dutch test, which I love to do. It's a dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And that also tells me if your hormones are in the postmenopausal range. Um, why am I not checking testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen and DHEA via blood when you're in perimenopause? That is because your levels can fluctuate 30% on any given day, let alone any given hour. It's really a roller coaster ride. So uh, that is why doctors say, I'm not going to bother checking because your hormones are going to be all over the place. And they are yeah. right. So that is why I use the Dutch test It's um, or the FSHLH AMH. Those are much better indicators as to what's going on. Okay. And that Dutch test is a urine test and much more accurate to get a to get a just a good portrait of the the hormone picture at that time. Yes, and it tells you your production of hormones. So I can see immediately if you're in the premenopausal, perimenopausal, or postmenopausal range. And I also see how your liver is actually metabolizing your hormones, or if they are going down a more pro-inflammatory, potentially 
uh, high risk for cancer pathway. So I really look at how you're methylating or detoxing these hormones. And then the Dutch also looks at your cortisol levels and your adrenal profile. I can really get a clear picture of your HPA axis and neurotransmitters in your brain. So all of those give me a really clear picture. And there isn't a woman who comes to me whose symptoms don't track with their test results. Like we're so wise about our bodies. We know when something's off. So it's just validating for them when they've been told, oh, there's nothing we can do. And they're like, hell no, there's plenty we can do actually. Yes. And I say that to clients frequently. We're putting the test results along with your symptoms, you know, uh, and that that always matches up, you know. And I think it's also very validating for a woman so that she feels like, okay, wait a minute, I'm not crazy. Like there, this is, I knew something was going on. So again, when we're really getting to the root of the issue, which is what we do in functional medicine, it makes a world of difference. So I love hearing, you know, how you're using the Dutch test and those others just to truly identify where a woman is at. So um, I love to, you know, when it comes to menopause treatment, we're looking at such huge controversy, especially when it comes to hormone replacement. Mm -hmm. So let's go there. Let's dig in and really discuss what is the difference between pharmaceutical hormones, bioidentical hormones, creams, patches, pellets, like give me the down low on this. Yeah. So back in... um the back in the 90s, the women, there was a horrible study done um, called the Women's Health Initiative. And <clears throat> this study took women who were 10 years postmenopausal and thought it would be a great idea to put them on Premarin, which is derived from the urine of pregnant horses. That's not really physiologically compatible with a woman's body. Um, so they're on synthetic estrogens without any opposing progesterone, which again is not how hormones work in nature. And after the study was done, they concluded, oh, yes, hormones are going to cause cancer and risk of heart attack and stroke, which actually is not true and not founded by science, but it deprived decades of women access and good care to menopause and hormone replacement. So in 2018 and 2022, the women's, um, uh, pardon me, the North American Menopause Society put out position papers saying, you know what, that data actually was not interpreted correctly. Hormones are in fact safe. They are great to start as early as possible and they can be, um, you can stay on these hormones for at least 10 years safely after menopause and PS. I have women in my practice who've been on them like 20 years plus. They're in their 70s now um, and don't have any cancer or any issues. So we really need to put that myth to bed. The problem is like if you fill hormones at a drugstore or, you know, the, the pamphlets, the warning labels for cancer are still mm-hmm. there. They're still in pamphlets and doctor's offices. Like nothing's been updated and doctors have not updated their wisdom on that. So in practice, I connect my clients to doctors who prescribe bioidentical hormones. And you may think bioidentical hormones can only be gotten at compounding pharmacy. This is actually not true. You can actually get bioidentical hormones at a regular prescribing pharmacy, you can get progesterone for about $3 a bottle, uh, depending on which type you get. So bioidentical hormones are plant-based. They're physiologically compatible 
with a woman's body, the body cannot differentiate between bioidentical hormones and our own endogenous production of those hormones. So there's lots of nice gentle delivery systems. Um, again, progesterone, you can give as Prometrium. That is the prescription form uh, that you get at a pharmacy. That does go through your liver and gut, but progesterone opposes, you know, anxiety and depression, but it also opposes estrogen. So if you're having these raging periods, putting progesterone in really calms everything down and rebalances you. Whereas if you take a birth control pill, birth control pills have synthetic progestogens, <clears throat> which actually suppress your progesterone levels. It's meant to suppress ovulation. So what happens is you're already in a progesterone deficient state, and then the pill continues to tamp those levels down. So <clears throat> it won't address your mental health issues, anxiety or depression. It certainly won't help you sleep. So often it's like we, we you know, I, I got a lot of heat for a post I did on Instagram where I said the pill, menopause is not a birth control deficiency. You're and so people, right though. Like that's, yeah. I mean, it's not a birth control deficiency. It is not. And, you know, people were like, how can you say that? That's so irresponsible. I'm like, no, if you need it for birth control, use it for birth control. But I have women who see me who are on the pill or on an IUD and we supplement them with progesterone until they are through menopause and can come off. So but even, you know, let's, let's go there for a second before we get back to um, the, the hormone discussion. Because as we talk about birth control, I, we're learning now that there's just so many risk to birth control pills. Yet yes. women have been thrown on these things for literally generations. And yes. I think it's truly like deeply affected our health. So what is your take on birth control pills? Yeah, I mean, I really um, the, talk about causing risk of blood clots. That's birth control pills, number yeah. one. Number two, you know, um, women have a hard time getting a prescription for testosterone, which is actually the predominant hormone in a woman's body. It's, called, it's considered off-label use for a woman to use some testosterone cream. But yet doctors are putting women on the pill the entire month, so they skip periods. That is also an off-label use of the pill. The pill depletes a lot of nutrients, in mm -hmm. particular the B vitamins, zinc, which is vital for making hormones, especially testosterone. Um, it disrupts the gut microbiome as well. It can cause a lot of candida overgrowth. So it's really, I say, if you can do a, a physical barrier method, if you can do the family planning method or, you know, the rhythm method or other things, a, a diaphragm, a cervical cap, a condom, you know, you're just going to be better off. Or if you're done having kids, have your husband have a vasectomy. Like that to me is the best birth control out there. Yeah, yeah. Where it's not disrupting your own natural biorhythms. I think it, I think the bottom line is that we just have to question. And that's what I keep encouraging people to do. Ask the tough questions. Ask, okay, well, well, why? Why is the doctor recommending this? What else can I do? And with everything, no matter what you're choosing to put in your body, we need to add, we need to say, okay, what's the risk? What is the benefit? Yeah. So you talked about the pharmaceutical interventions for horm the pharmaceutical hormones, the bioidentical. You favor the bioidentical, and that's coming mainly in forms of creams, correct? Um, well, so uh, 
progesterone actually is oral. You can either swallow okay. an oral capsule and that goes through your liver and gut, or you can use what's called a trochee, which is a lozenge that dissolves in the mouth and it bypasses the liver and gut and goes right into the bloodstream for absorption. So it's one of my favorites if you're having a lot of sleep issues. Um, so, and uh, estrogen, uh, you could use as a cream, you can use it in a patch. And the patch you can often get at a pharmacy as well, just as a regular prescription. Okay. And testosterone is best as a transdermal cream. The forms I do not recommend are pellets because pellets are rife with problems. I just got off the phone, you know, with a client today who came to me because like every other woman who comes to me on pellets, she had absolute rage. She had hysterical crying for weeks on end. Um, she had weight gain as well. And she had this crazy jacked up libido that was like more than she ever wanted. So, <laughs> you know, all of those are particularly problematic and she just had to wait until they, you know, the levels dropped in her system until she got back to baseline. I mean, she got rid of her hot flashes very quickly and her libido came back, but she, we were like, okay, let's just get you on a more sane dose. Because when you're in menopause, your body's naturally decline. You only need a gentle baseline of hormones to even offset mm -hmm. your risk of bone loss, heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's. You don't need the hormone levels of a 20-year-old. You're not trying to ovulate and or get pregnant. So just a little goes a long way. And bioidenticals are gentle. You can control and regulate the dosage. You can tweak them. I mean, I can break my progesterone trochee in quarters if I need to. So, and really customize it that way. So it's much, it's just much kinder and gentler on the body. And you can ramp up one hormone at a time. And, you know, it's great. And the other delivery system I don't want to forget is vaginal delivery of hormones. You can get vaginal progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, DHEA. And if you're struggling with vaginal dryness and atrophy and your pelvic floor is getting weak and you feel incontinent, you're prone to UTIs, um, now that you're in perimenopause or menopause, using um, vaginal estrogen or DHEA both actually thicken the vaginal walls, prevent atrophy, and also restore hydration to the vaginal walls. So it's like so such important. a big quality of life issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge. And I'm glad you went there with the pellets. You know, I, again, I think that's one of the most controversial subjects. It is. It, it really has been set up as pellets are the end-all, be-all. This is going to solve every single hormone problem you've ever had. And we do. I think we kind of look at it as almost like a quick fix. And it can cause more problems you know, then actually solve problems. And so I'm really glad that I love how you explain that. I think it really kind of opens up everyone's mind to there are some options out there. So those are those are more the hormone options. But you have said something and I really like this when it comes to lifestyle. You have said that you cannot out hormone your lifestyle choices. So let's go there because as women, we're busy, we're stressed. We do. We kind of want that quick fix, but we cannot out hormone our lifestyle choices. So tell me what you mean by that 
by that statement. Yeah. So hormones are not a panacea for everything. If you're having all of these symptoms and you just think, oh, I'm just going to take hormones and I'll feel all better, think again, because they are a slice of the pie. Um, hormones are a piece of the picture and they're very, very important. Don't get me wrong. But you also need to think about what the food that you're putting in your body, you and alcohol and caffeine, uh, which are total hormone disruptors or can be, um, you need to think about how you're going to build and maintain lean muscle mass, so exercise. And you need to think about lifestyle, stress management, and sleep. And so all of those have a huge impact on your cortisol, on the quality of your sleep, on your insulin and glucose. So this is a great time. I always tell women, like, when you hit your mid-40s, like, it's the, the most powerful word in your vocabulary really is no. And please, we should use it in our 20s. But right. <laughs> what happens is this time in life, right, we may have young kids, we may have teenagers, and we also usually have aging parents. And if you're working, you've paid your dues for a while. So usually your career is like really in a good but potentially demanding place. So you have so many things going on and something's got to give, right? Something's got to give. Either you need to think about getting to bed a little earlier so you can wake up and get your workout in before the kids are up, right? Or like right after you send them to school. Um, maybe you also quit drinking during the week and just, and most weekends, you leave it really for special occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, you know. Um, you revisit your alcohol and you really want to make sure that you're optimizing your protein. So, Women are the most prone to losing muscle mass in the perimenopausal through menopausal uh, stage because as your hormones decline, in particular testosterone, you are very prone to losing muscle mass. So um, optimizing your dietary protein, and this for most women, this looks like at least four to six ounces at your meals. If you're intermittent fasting and only eating two meals a day, you want to try and get like seven, eight ounces of protein at those meals and maybe a snack in between. But you, the average woman needs a minimum of 100 grams of protein. Most women I see are getting like 60 grams a day, which is like what my dialysis patients in the hospitals used to get to mm -hmm. give you perspective. So You've got to optimize protein. Your protein needs to be higher than your carb intake. So if you're getting, or if your goal is 120 grams of protein a day, carbs should be around 100. You really don't want to, uh, you want to flip the ratios. Most women get a lot of carbs, uh, a lot more carbs than protein. I'm like, get more protein than carbs, still eat your carbs, just eat them at night when you're the most insulin sensitive and to really support your sleep. Women need carbs at night and people are like, are you kidding me? That goes against every diet plan anyone has yes, ever told me. Yeah. So um, I learned this from the late, great Charles Poliquin, who was like a world-renowned strength coach. And he was like, carbs at night. Because what it does is it bumps up your insulin just a little. I, I'm not talking ice cream and donuts. We're talking about sweet potatoes and um, quinoa and butternut squash and legumes if you tolerate them. And so, um, ha you know, you get a mild insulin bump because you're eating your carbs with your protein and vegetables too. 
And then that tamps down your cortisol at night. So you're sleeping better. And that helps correct insulin dysregulation and blood sugar issues that you see during the day. So your cravings go away, your appetite's regulated and controlled, and just you feel so much better as a result. It really does. You know, it it does make a big difference. And again, it goes back to that being willing to play around and see what works for you and not be married to some nutrition approach because you it worked for your best friend you know like the the whole keto approach and you know we're overdoing it on on dairy for instance and you know um we're not getting the carbs the healthy carbs that we need but i love that strategy looking at the the carb you know having some carbohydrates and some complex carbs in the evening to help with our insulin to help with our cortisol because that is something as part of the picture that most people just don't realize. They w- Women just don't realize. And of course, so much happens with regard to detoxification while we sleep. You know, you and I could probably speak hours about that, you know, just <laughs> alone. So it's so much there. Um, is there a difference in nutrition strategies, uh, perimenopause, uh, premenopause, menopause? Like what is, uh, is there a difference in nutrition strategies there? Mm. I tend to keep them, they're, they're similar, but um, a big difference is if someone's in perimenopause, right, um, you, certainly the first two weeks of your cycle are different than the last two weeks of your cycle. So the first two weeks of your cycle, you're a bit more sensitive to insulin and you can actually get away with a bit more carbs than the last two weeks of your cycle when you're much more insulin resistant. And that's when you want to really just keep your carbs at night, keep it protein and veggie heavy during the day. The other thing is this. um, So I've looked at a lot of research on intermittent fasting when I wrote my book prior to this was called Cave Women Don't Get Fat. It was a Mm -hmm. paleo diet book for women. And I looked at almost 80 studies on intermittent fasting. 13 were done on women. The rest were done on men. The science isn't great. There are a couple of really good guidebooks on intermittent fasting for women. Um, One is by Cynthia Thurlow. One is by Dr. Mindy Peltz. But basically, um, you know, the foundations are that, and this is what I see in practice, women without a cycle do far better on on intermittent fasting than women with a cycle. So women with a cycle can intermittent fast, you know, basically weeks two, maybe three of their cycle, but that week before their periods, no, they're hungry, they're ragey, they're craving. That is the time to take intermittent fasting off the table. For menopausal women, you know, my menopausal mamas, I have some that I do like the 5-2 method where, you know, you eat normally five days a week and two days a week that are spread out. So maybe like a Tuesday and a Friday, you eat one meal a day that's 500 calories. Now, you know, as a cycling woman, I think, oh my God, I'd be on the floor. But these women, it's like they breeze through it. And they're like, I was a little hungry. I had some bone broth and I was fine. So, (laughs) you know, um, a lot of women feel great fasting and it's a great way to bust up that midsection belly fat or the menopause, as I like to call it. 
<laughs> That's a good way so, to put it. Yeah. I think it really big differences nutritionally. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. And I think it really goes back to we need a customized approach. This is why you need a coach like that, that to help you with that customized approach. So you're not trying, you know, everything. And there is a difference. I'm seeing the same thing in my practice with intermittent fasting. It is not for everyone. It needs to be done very specifically based on where you're at with your cycles, whether you're in menopause, you're, uh, you're, it's before menopause is hit. So there is a difference, but you know, we kind of take some of this advice too generally often. And, you know, we, we just try all the different things and then we find that Mm -hmm. nothing works. So I think you've brought so much uh, clarity today. So is there anything that you haven't covered any other ways for us to just rock menopause? Yes. Really uh, find a good functional medicine practitioner who is willing to test your hormones, look at your gut function as well, and if need be, prescribe bioidentical hormones. A lot of doctors, I understand, do not take insurance or practitioners in this realm do not take insurance. I am one of those practitioners. I am telling you, you will save yourself more time and money down the line right? If you invest in yourself and get this done, you'll see a, high, a permanent solution to your problems. You get a very high return on your investment. You'll save yourself just the mental real estate and the hassle of having to argue with someone who feels intimidating in a white coat. Or, I mean, I've literally had clients tell me their doctors like hold up their hand and they say, if you talk about hormones with me, I will discharge you from my practice. Like there's so much hostility or there's just a lot of ignorance. Um, and that's frustrating. And a lot of my clients leave their doctor's office in tears. That's not what we want to happen. So I'm like, just, you can fight city hall, Or you could say, you know what, I'm going to throw a little money at the problem and have peace of mind and bliss and lower my cortisol levels um, and and go to someone who's functional. If you have a doctor who's willing to work with you, but you're not a great self-advocate, I have tips in the book on bringing, you know, your favorite loudmouth sister or cousin or friend to come with you and just ask the hard questions that are too uncomfortable for you to ask. Um, but you know, medicine's a business like any other, right? If you didn't like your real estate agent, you'd switch real estate agents. If you don't like your doctor, switch your doctor. It's that simple. They should be clamoring for your business, for your attention. And it's an honor to care for our clients and patients. It's an honor I take seriously. So if your doctor's not really able to give you that love, then just find, go, it reminds me of the quote, uh, a dear friend of ours told us, she said, go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. go where you're celebrated. And you're right. If you have a real estate agent that you don't like, then you find another one. So the same thing can be said for for doctors. This has just been so just absolutely chock full of, of fantastic mm-hmm. information. There was one more question I wanted you to I wanted to ask you because I want to make sure it's included in this podcast supplements. What are your top supplements for women going through menopause? So I have what is called my core four. um, And this is just a very simple overview. And they're on, if you go to my website, estherblum.com, 
or my Instagram, Gorgeous Esther, you can go to the supplements section of the link in my bio on Instagram or in on my website. I have a supplement section. I have them listed in there if you're driving and can't write this down. So number one is a good methylated B complex. This helps support phase one and two to detoxification in your liver. So it helps move your hormones, estrogen in particular, down the correct pathways. So it decreases risk for cancers, but also for hormone-related cancers, but also B vitamins are essential nutrients for um, lowering inflammatory markers like homocysteine. Um, They support adrenal function and energy. So I absolutely love uh, methylated B. Um, A cruciferous concentrate, again, helps your liver metabolize your estrogen really well. And diet-wise, you can get uh, cruciferous veggies from broccoli, cauliflower, uh, artichokes, radishes, kale, Brussels sprouts. All of those are good food sources. So I just give it in a concentrated dose. Uh, glutathione. This is the liver's most important antioxidant. And I give it in a liposomal form, which is a liquid that's just super easy to absorb. I love glutathione because my menopausal mamas are tired. Glutathione is a great energizer. It also um, helps fight your body from mold or Lyme or chronic inflammation and illnesses. Um, So it's a wonderful antioxidant for the liver. And last but not least, magnesium glycinate. Mm -hmm. So why do I give the glycinate form of magnesium? Because it specifically addresses anxiety. I don't know about you, but my brain, like I could have a very anxious mind all the time. There's a lot of chatter going on. Definitely. Um, It's an easy to absorb form of magnesium. And again, supports sleep and bowel regularity because if you're not pooping every day you're not detoxing your hormones every day so important i'm so glad i squeezed that question in there (laughs) thank you so much this has been such a wealth of information i love how you explain everything in such a simplistic form to where everybody can understand that's always Mm -hmm. like the standard when i'm interviewing someone i want this to be an expert but certainly someone who can speak where people actually understand. So yeah. um, so thank you so much for coming on today. I know that people will want to connect with you. So please let them know like where they can connect with you. Yes, please go to Gorgeous Esther at Instagram. Uh, it's E-S-T-H-E-R, Gorgeous Esther, or my website, estherblum, B-L-U-M dot com. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you being on today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Such helpful info, right? This is the tip of the iceberg, if you will. This is a huge subject. When it comes to menopause care and especially hormone replacement, it is an area of great controversy. And what makes me so angry is that in the middle of this great controversy and everyone, literally everyone trying to make a profit off of a woman's suffering, you are not getting the help that you desperately need. So we're not done with this topic. Join me next time for top tips for healthy, happy hormones. This short podcast will inspire you to take control of your hormones now so you can feel better. Until then, be kind to yourself, listen to your body, and know that you are resilient.
Bye, friend. 